You think being meek is weak, huh? Try being meek for a week. Ain't that right, Shaq? Good evening, good evening. Welcome back to another episode of Into the Deep. For those who don't know who we are, we are a new talk show in Beaumont, Texas, where we bring the word to the world so others can understand who they are in Christ and uncovering just what they can do in their life in the end, fulfilling God's divine purpose. Amen. I am Leander DJ Wilson, and we are in for a show tonight. Amen. We are still in our season two. We are about to have some fun. We're about to dig and dive into mentorship. Amen. Many people don't know what mentorship is. Many people don't understand what mentorship is. But tonight we're going to discuss what it is. We're going to discuss what the importance of it. And tonight we have a special guest. Amen. All the way from Joliet, Illinois. Amen. Here's Apostle Dedrick Perry Sr. He is the senior pastor of Glory International Harvest Church. Amen. So we're going to bring him on and we're going to dive into our icebreakers so we can get to know him just a little bit better. There we go. All right. <laughs> Amen. Apostle Perry, how are you doing this evening? I am doing wonderful. And yourself? I'm doing great. Amen. So we're going to dive into our icebreakers to get to know you a little bit better. And then... We're going to, um, you can say a few words before we dive in. You have anything to say? Well, uh, let me formally introduce myself. Um, I am Apostle Dedrick Perry Sr. And I pastor here in Joliet, Illinois, a church that we planted in 2005. My wife, uh, 40 years, uh, Prophet mm -hmm. Roland Perry. And uh, we have been now, uh, been pastoring, or shall I say, I've been pastoring now for 18 years, uh, and I thank and praise God for uh, the journey and um, allowing me to be able to be um, one of those in his kingdom that's able to advance that which he had purposed. So I'm excited about what he's doing. Oh, the first icebreaker is three questions to get to know you better. It's only three questions. The first question is, 
what is the your favorite thing that you have bought this year? The favorite thing that I have bought? Yes, sir. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> being, that, being that I'm always buying a lot of things because mm -hmm. everybody, if you know me, you know that I'm a gadget man. I love gadgets and anything that's pretty much new that comes out as it relates now to gadgets. Well, I'm kind of one of those that's tempted to buy it, but, uh, ah, wow. My favorite. Wow. That's kind of really hard to even sift through. Uh, but I would say, um, uh, <laughs> I would say it would have to do with, um, uh, my, my new iPad. I would think that that kind of serves the purpose right now. Yeah as being one of my favorite. Yeah, yeah, I would say right now, that's probably it. I understand because um, I just recently bought me a new, uh, a new laptop and I'm really loving that laptop right now. So I understand. Next question is, what is your favorite or your dream vacation? Oh, 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 wow. Then again, um, you know, uh, I would say uh, currently um, we had an opportunity to be able to go to um, San Lucas Cabos um, and it was so good that we actually went back a second, third, a second time and even a third time and eventually we kind of purchased some property there. but we really enjoyed it so much because of the environment and the atmosphere so i would really say at this point in time uh san san lucas cabos is probably at the top of the list uh but if i had to pick a second now if i had to pick a second i would say um that my wife and i are really really looking to hopefully go to maybe um hawaii or even back to south africa that's those are the two yeah two places i love to go yeah uh, especially cabo i heard about that the last question is if you had 10 minutes <laughs> to spend twenty thousand dollars how would you spend it uh if i had 10 minutes to spend twenty thousand dollars uh knowing the kind of person that I am and where God has me right now, uh, I would probably take that $20,000 and I would probably go to El Direct, Kenya, which, mm. which is where I just recently come back from. And um, there is a project that I would like to see finished um, that I know is, is a need and it is something that I would like to see uh, coming to fruition for a church that we are uh, in partnership with in Kenya and just to kind of see that in fruition. Yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah. Yep. A much need. There is a, such a much need. So that is three questions about you. Okay. We're going to move on to our next icebreaker is two realities and a dream. Right. So two realities in the dream is two things you accomplished and one thing you're, you're dreaming of or one thing that you hope to do. 
Okay, well, um, the the one thing that, well, the one thing that uh, I, I really um, got a great reward from, and I mentioned El Direct Kenya, is because in 2019, um, the Lord sent me there. Um, and uh, during the time that I was there uh, carrying on the crusade, we had a wonderful opportunity to really uh, get to know a lot of the people there and also get to know some of the basic needs. And so one of the needs that really was uh, laid upon my heart at the time was to um, install a water rail project. And so when I came back to the States, I kind of did a, a GoFundMe. Uh, Go mm -hmm. um, and because of COVID, it kind of got put you know, in the back burner a little bit, uh, a lot of what I wanted to put out there as, in, as it related to donations, uh, COVID kind of put everything and slowed everything down. But on um, this year, um, we were able to uh, have someone who uh, I reached out to and uh, were able to um, to partner and, and allow the rest of the funds to come in and so uh, we were able to complete that project. And so um, that water well project is now completed. It's able to um, supply uh, uh, up to a thousand families with water and also being, being able to um, uh, help with the farming needs uh, of that community. So that was probably at the top of my list um, as being something that I was very, um, Great, grateful for to be able to see uh, coming to fruition. Now, if there's another one, um, I, I would say that being able to see uh, what we're hoping even right now as relates to our city mm. is to uh, to be able to get what is called our Nehemiah project off the ground. And currently we have some things uh, in place that we're looking to uh, implement in the, in the next few weeks. Uh, that hopefully that will put us on that pathway to where we will be able to see some things that uh, begin to move within our community. Um, so that's that's the next thing that, that I'm hoping to see manifest. And one more thing you have accomplished. Mm -hmm. One other thing that I have accomplished. Uh, <sighs> Let me see. Uh, that I can put an exclamation mark on. Uh, hmm. From a you know from a a personal perspective, um, being able to uh, get our Harvard School of Ministry going, I think that that was a uh, an, a good accomplishment. So yeah, yeah. I've been through a class. <laughs> All right. That is Apostle Dedrick Perry Sr. Dedrick Perry Sr. And amen. Now we're going to go ahead and dive into our discussion about mentorship and being a mentor and the importance of being a mentor. Um, so there's two scriptures that stick out mostly that God revealed to me was, and it's number one is, Proverbs 27 and 17. 
27, Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And the next one is 2 Timothy 2 and 2. It reads, you have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Now, those two scriptures stuck out for mentorship because when I think of mentorship, when I think about being a mentor, I think about when I was in the military and we had this program and I would pick, I picked my mentor and I picked my mentor because I seen myself in his position. So, and he, he trained me, and what the one thing that one thing that stuck out from all his teachings and his lessons was that you should train someone to replace you, someone to replace you. You shouldn't always want to be in that. You shouldn't always want to be where you are. You should be training someone to replace you. So the thing of a mentor is you're you're training someone to replace you or someone to be in your place. Maybe not in the same place, but in the same position somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So like Second Timothy 2 and 2, that's Paul talking to Timothy. And I feel like, me personally feel like this is a great example of mentor mm-hmm. in mentee is because Paul is mentoring Timothy to pretty much be him pretty much because if if you read your bible and read the letters that paul's written we'll we'll see that oftentimes when paul's in prison either he has leaders or timothy goes lead the church i don't i don't know particularly where in scripture but in one of the letters paul writes he is telling the church that he is sending Timothy to speak a word to them. Mm-hmm. And he's telling this church that I've trained someone up to, to teach you, to preach to you, and to show you what God has given you. And it's through Timothy. I believe it's in First Timothy, but I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. But I'll check and let y'all know. Um, so the thing about a mentor is a mentor should learn. And what I mean by learn is learn their mentee. Like they should know their mentee. Paul knew Timothy. Paul knew that Timothy was shy. He knew he was timid, but, and he taught him how to be bold in Christ. And a mentor should also love, not just love themselves, but they should love God and they should love their mentee. Because uh, over the years, I have had many mentors and I can pretty much say that I wasn't always an easy person to mentor, but my mentor always loved me and they knew 
how to teach me, even though I didn't always understand what they was teaching me. Mm-hmm. And a mentor should also celebrate. Celebrate the good things that the mentee has done. For instance, uh, my mentor, my mentor in, in the service, one thing he would do is, one thing he would do is he would celebrate my accomplishments, whether it be that a call that I received or me being promoted, he would celebrate that. And he will say, okay, now that you have this, what are you going to do with it? He will celebrate my accomplishments. And so we, a mentor should learn, love, celebrate, and also teach. Not just command, but teach. And once you teach, you also have to follow up. Understand, you have to teach them, and then you have to follow up with what you taught them. Do you have anything to say? Yeah, yeah. I, actually, I do. Um, um, when it when it comes to uh, a mentor, um, I kind of look at it two folds. Okay. Mm-hmm especially when you uh when i look at it from a a biblical perspective um there um there are what may be considered mentors uh and then there if you allow me to go in this direction as well there's also what is considered a father and son relationship um and uh you you just kind of focus in on paul and and Titus or Timothy. And one of the things about that particular relationship was a little bit outside, I would say a little bit more outside of the scope of just being a mentor, Mm -hmm. but it became a little bit more what Paul described Timothy and Titus as being his true sons uh, in the ministry. And so uh, that carries a different type of dynamic to it uh, in terms of of how um, a mentor then would respond in terms of a father and son. Now, I know I'm kind of going off a little bit, but I wanted to make that distinction because mentors, and you said it very um, correctly as to, as it relates now to, to um, being able to get involved in the personal, excuse me, the personal relationship side of, of, of that. In other words, they, a mentor would then begin to deal personally one-on-one uh, with an individual where they would then begin to develop some of their skills, you know, that they themselves may have. So in other words, their focus is more personal. Their focus is more developmental. Their focus is also more uh, in terms of hewing out or honing out the skills or the talents that a person may have. Um, and then they're, they're more focused on developing the strengths and even the weaknesses that a person may have. So that kind of puts a person in, in that particular category of what I kind of define as a mentor 
because even even as a mentor, you become what many have uh, described as being a an instructor. And the Bible teaches us that you know that there may be many instructors, but not many fathers. You know, you may have many instructors, but not many can be fathers. And so that that's kind of what separated Paul is that we can have a lot of people instructing us, and they can be mentors. But then when it comes to a deeper relationship, such as a, a spiritual father or a son relationship, that's kind of like what Paul and Timothy was. Not That's not to say that Paul didn't mentor, but there was a deeper level of, uh, as it related to that relationship that went far beyond, um, that went far beyond just uh, that teaching. Because now you're when you start getting into that father-son relationship, there's a covenant of the heart that, that comes into play. And, and so in mentoring, that covenant uh, of the heart isn't always there. You know, you're mentoring someone because it may be job related, you know, uh, and you're covering that person, you're developing the skills, you're developing their talents, you, you know, so it becomes just a job uh, and, and, and it may not develop into covenant and covenant always uh, have to do with the heart. Uh, so those kind of distinctions uh, uh, concerning a mentor is it, kind of like where I kind of um, make the differentiation of the two is um, knowing that, a, you know, as we look at it in terms of the relationship with Paul and, 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 and Titus and Timothy, and of course the others that he mentored. But then when you look at it from the Old Testament, um, you look at Elijah and Elisha. Uh, Elisha. Um, now that's a dynamic to where you can see that there was a a, a transference of of not only um, the the strengths and the talent uh, or the or the development. You can see that play playing out even in that type of relationship. So um, it has some benefits. Um, and well, I, I, I'll just let you carry on. I don't want to you know, <laughs> kind of <laughs> go too far into it. <laughs> so I like I like how you uh, ended that because um, the thing about a mentor is, yes, you as a mentor you teach, and a mentor learns from the mentor. The mentee gets to follow the mentor. The, the mentee follows the mentor, learns from them. They they also, on occasion, will serve them in occasions. They will echo and honor and protect, right? Mm -hmm. Those six things, like, you spoke on how they echo, like they'll, they'll pick up some of their skills. Mm -hmm right yeah yeah definitely um the, the impartation is is one of the words that's often used uh when when a person is is being um mentored or or in some cases some people like using the word if you're out in the world using the word you're shadowing a person mm -hmm. you know basically you know you're 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 treating it more like a a um developmental uh, training aspect. 
but mentors go a little bit farther. They take a personal interest in 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 a person when they're uh, looking to uh, see their development because um, they're really taking part of them and then they're imparting it to that person um, and hopefully to see them develop into um, um, and develop some of the skills and, and, and gifts that they, they have. So they're really imparting um, uh, what they have and it becomes a personal uh, type of relationship. You know, you, you get to know a person's uh, weak, weakness and, 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 and as a mentor, your, your goal then is to help develop that, that weakness into a strength. But yet at the same time, as a mentee, um, there is something that's going to be required on your part in order for that development to take place. And um, that's one of the things that um, have, to, um, have to happen because there has to be a relationship on both parts. You know, you just cannot have the mentor uh, pouring in. There has to be something that the mentee, and I think you you kind of shared it, uh, that they have to be willing to even, you know, serve uh, in order for that impartation to take place. And another thing is that this relationship the mentor and I believe the mentor and mentee has to protect this relationship. Oh yeah. And honor and protect the relationship. Honor, honor. And you said the key word there. Uh, it's, it's an honor um, because you, you have to keep in mind that even the mentor had to go through the process of being a mentee at one point in time. So there is that, 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 res that respect level that you have that this person went through the seizing uh, of even serving and submitting. And that seems to be a problem in, in, in a lot of uh, circles and, uh, and even today that, that when um, um, though the season of, of serving and submitting that, that I call it the S word, you know, <laughs> people tend, you know, uh, people tend to get, get, take offense. Um, uh, but submission is, is a place of honor. And we have to know that promotion um, comes by way of honor, you know. Um, and um, if we do not understand that, then it will affect the dynamic of that relationship between a mentor as well as a mentee. Um, and so it's important that that's not only um, demonstrated, but it's also should be taught as well. And, and, um, uh, we see um, oftentimes many strained relationships or many good meaning relationships can really uh, be short circuited simply because um, not having that understanding of how important honor and submitting to those who have gone through the process and, and honed out their skills and developed themselves to uh, in such a way that they now can be able to pass that on. And that's what secession is really all about, is you're not going to be a good leader unless you're willing to become a great follower. And that's that's what it's really all about. And the, follow, the last one is protect. Um, I've I seen, I seen and I heard a lot of like how 
most mentees will learn from their mentors. And then when they learned, when they feel like they learned enough, mm-hmm. they will walk away from their mentors and they will leave their mentor high and dry and yeah. go out and do what they thought they think they learned everything. Yeah. And, you know, that's unfortunately those things, you know, it it happens. And I call it sometimes we could we could pre prematurely uh, step out of our season of development, uh, especially if if there's an anointing upon our, our life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, a, a mentee can can sense the anointing and prematurely uh, think that they're ready to now move outside and uh, quote unquote fly out the nest, uh, so to speak, um, and me and, and simply moved up um, prematurely, and um, and may find themselves, you know, coming up short uh, or going from this place to that place or this church to that church or this place, you know. And when you start seeing that, then you know that that person wasn't really fully developed uh, mm-hmm. or didn't go through the process of uh, submitting and, and becoming uh, uh, developed. Uh, and it, it'll begin to show, I mean, you and, and that person and you, a military man, may find themselves going AWOL, <laughs> right. uh, you know, because of a lack of maturity, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's part of what a mentor does is he helped to bring that person into a place of maturity mm-hmm. and maturity um, it, it's a it's a process of development mm-hmm. and we have to understand that that we go through those seasons and 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 one of the seasons is to get us to not to be so quick to move mm-hmm. but to wait and understand that there is value in waiting and and allowing things to be developed before we swiftly move out i like i like how you said that about maturity like the 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 concept of mentorship is development mm-hmm. to become mature mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and that's and, part of what yeah go ahead and and i wrote it down and because I, I was, when God gave me this topic, I, I was thinking of another word, but I really didn't know, but you, you said it. And I wrote it down, it's, it goes from being a mentor to becoming, it goes from being a mentee to becoming a son on most occasions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you really, because I've been thinking, and I think about it, and I think about like, my mentor in the ministry, um, I, as I look at our relationship and I think about our relationship and how he trained me up, although we're not, I met him in Japan and although I'm not in Japan anymore and we're not in close proximity, mm-hmm. he is still looking out for me. Okay. And and now I see that he's not just mentoring me. He's also like fathering me in ministry because mm-hmm. he will ask me oftentimes how's the family, how's the ministry, how's my walk with is going. And 
I can talk to him and it's amazing. So, yeah. so God gave me the topic for this show, the title for this show just now, matter of fact, going from mentorship to sonship. Yeah. Okay. 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 And that's good because um, that, that's, um, that's what you see with Paul and, and, and Titus and Timothy is that he saw them through the process. Um, he saw them uh, when Paul was uh, in his, or shall I say, when Timothy was in his, in his infant stage and he reminded Timothy how he received the gospel and he received a lot of his training by way of his grandmother and mother. In other words, he reminded him of his first steps. But then he said, but I'm going to take you farther. You know, so that's that's a sign of a good mentor is not to discount who brought you where you were. Mm -hmm. But a, men, a good mentor is always looking to pick up where someone else may have left off. And, and that's what I love about, um, you know, the relationship of, of, of a true spiritual father um, is that that person, even though, again, scriptures say we may have many instructors, mm -hmm. but a spiritual father will always be willing to pick up where things have been left off and now, you know, take you on to that next place in, in, in terms of uh, nurturing, in terms of walking with you, walking you through some things, developing that, that strong relationship and because it all is all relationship built. Uh, anything that that is not built upon that type of relationship, uh, a relationship, it's not going to really pan out. Uh, you get a lot of people who may say, you know, uh, this is my spiritual father or or spiritual mother. However, you you hear a lot of that kind of chatter, but then you find out that they never had a relationship. You know, there was really no covenant of the heart. There was really no times well spent talking about some of the things necessary to develop relationship. And, and that's what mentors a true mentor, especially in terms of, uh, of when we look at it from a biblical aspect is, you know, Jesus had to had the 12, but then there was the three, you know, there was the three, Peter, James, and John, that he shared some things that he did not share with the with the other nine you you understand what i'm getting at yes, so that's kind of how that mentor relationship there's some things that a father will share with a son that he won't share with others um others um because not everybody can be fathered uh by you and not everybody can be mentored in that if you're looking in, to use those words interchangeably not everybody can be mentored uh, by you as well uh, because of the dynamic associated, there's a covenant. God develops that that relationship. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I see with Timothy and Paul is even with Elijah and Elijah mm -hmm. is that. They both seen their mentors at a weak state, right? They they mm -hmm. both seen their mentors not at their best per se, and the way the way they responded wasn't to go tell somebody else. Mm. That's good. That's that's good. 
That's good. That's good. And that's that's a good sign of a good mentee, mm -hmm. you know, because um, you're going to see a person's uh, weakness mm -hmm. uh, if, if they're being a a mentor to you or if they're a strong uh, leader who's also serving as a mentor, because even a leader can also uh, be a mentor. Um, but um, how we respond to their shortcomings um, will tell a lot. Um, it, it, it would tell uh, a whole lot about um, that relationship. And, and so the, again, the whole dynamic is, it, is that it becomes reciprocal. You're looking to protect the mentee as a mentor. And as a mentee, you're looking to not disgrace the mentor as a mentee, if that makes sense, if you understand what I'm getting. In other words, the relationship becomes one of, okay, I value um, you as a mentor because I know that you're making a sacrifice to pour into me as it relates to my development. And because of that, I honor what you're doing. And even though I know that you're human and that you may um, make some mistakes, I'm not going to totally discount you as a mentor because you're human or because of a mistake you have made. And and see, that's that's a good sign of maturing, because having that understanding will help you know that when you get to that place of being a mentor, then that is something that you can also pour into that mentee, you know, and, and you will be able to understand. So it's not it's not that you know a mentor should never go in with a oh I'm greater than thou attitude, mm -hmm. you know you're going in with an with an attitude that that I'm here to to bring about the development of you to increase whatever learning that needs to be uh, shared with you so that your uh, uh, capacity as a person can grow and then that you can better serve. Um, however God is, is calling you to serve, be it in the church, be it in the community, or be it wherever. Um, and it's not just, you know, being a good mentee or mentors are found just in churches. We have to understand that this goes outside uh, when it comes down to the kingdom of God. It goes outside of the four walls. So we want to be able to expand the kingdom and that development in that person so that, that when they do go outside of uh, the four walls, that it will be uh, a, 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 a great um, reflection on the mentor as well as the mentee that they have served well and they have poured, been poured into well. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. When, when you see that, uh, I, I, if you allow me to, to you know, put a plug in, I, I seen how your pastor uh, poured into you and I also see how you served. And I, I share with her, I said, this is, you're, you're, you're rare. Um, and um, I really uh, think that there, a lot of people should take note of how you serve as, as, a, as a mentor, because I know God eventually going to bring you to the place to where you're going to be elevated. But I see what's being poured into you while you're at the place where you're at right now. 
man. So, and another key thing about the things of a mentee is when, when, well, most mentee I've seen and I heard when a mentee takes on a mentor, right? They, 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 they get excited because the mentor has this name, right? That they're, they're attached to this fame or these accolades and an inexperienced mentee will try to use that name or that thing to get something out of it. Yeah. And not development. Yeah. And oftentimes that's, those are what I call pseudo relationships, false relationships. Mm. You know, um, that's basically manipulation in my book is that you're only in it or you're only around that person uh, just to see what you can get out of them. It's kind of like um, when Paul was ministering in the book of Acts and, and he came across, uh, I think it was Simon the sorcerer, who all of a sudden, um, uh, uh, there was a, no, that, no, was it Simon the sorcerer? No, not that one. It wasn't that occasion. It was um, the, the woman who had the spirit of divination. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. and, and followed Paul around, you know, saying all great things about Paul and everything, but Paul noticed really, you know, the spirit that was really upon her, mm -hmm. you know, so a good mentor will, uh, if he's, if he or she is a good mentor uh, and being led by the spirit, the spirit of God will make it known to you who, uh, because it's all based upon uh, on, on relationship and covenant is part of that. And if it's a true covenant relationship, you won't have that problem, but anybody that's trying to manipulate and trying to, you know, use you as a stepping stone or use the mentor as a stepping stone because this person has a, a great name or they may have uh, a, a huge ministry or a huge following or what have not. And, and let me just hook up with this person or let me mention their names, you know, and if no relationship behind it, <laughs> well, you know, I, I rather have relationship, you know, I mean, relationship says a whole lot. Um, that's what Jesus did. That's what Paul did. You know, that's what Elijah and Elisha did. You know, relationship is, is the key. You know, it's a, it's a principle in the kingdom. So we have to understand that those false ones, uh, <laughs> as we know, will be, will be made known. Don't carry much weight, so to speak. So the, the thing about mentor and mentee to me is when I was younger, I always wanted Bishop Jakes to be my mentor, mm -hmm. right? Because of his name. Mm -hmm. And I could have, there was like a lot of situations I could have met him and asked him to be my mentor. But the thing God showed me was that I wasn't ready to be his mentee mm -hmm. because what, you know, what I was dealing with. You know, there, uh, it's all, it's okay to glean mm -hmm. from other men and women of God. I mean, I mean, I think that that's even part of our development. Uh, it's okay to even admire other men and women of God. Um, and you, uh, but where God places you, He will also provide for your development. Now, uh, some people will go way out of a way, out of their way to try to make someone their 
mm-hmm. uh, spiritual father, spiritual mother, uh, and then forget about their local leader that they're sitting up under right. and not knowing that that person is just as anointed. So it's part, it, 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 can, it, it can become a maturity thing too, is learning to glean or draw from someone else, which we can do in the body of Christ. Every, everybody, even T.D. Jakes had to draw from somebody else other than, you know, so we learn to draw from other people, uh, even though we may not be, uh, they may not be our mentor or what have not. That's why I said that the scripture said that though there may be a thousand uh, instructors, the, the fact of the father is like the mentor. In other words, you, you have someone close enough to, to develop that relationship with who's going to watch over your mistakes when they see it and make the correction when they see it. You know, uh, you know, T.D. Jakes may be way in Texas and you may be way in Illinois mm-hmm. and you messing up. How are you going to tell, you know, T.D. Jakes, hey, <laughs> you, you get what I'm getting at? I mean, uh, part of being a good um, father or mentor. And again, I like using the word father um, in the ministry. And that's um, and that's, you know, not gender specific because we're talking about someone that's taken upon the nature and character of our father. Uh, but when when you're looking at it from that perspective, you're talking about someone who will see you at, at your weakness and making those calculated mistakes uh, and then pointing them out to you in a way that's not only going to you know help you grow, but also impact your life so that you can grow. And that's that seems to be a big problem nowadays because it almost seems that some don't some people don't want the correction, mm-hmm. and that's not a bad thing. That's part of mentorship, you know. When Peter pulled out the, the knife and cut off Malchus's ear, Jesus corrected and raved. We don't do that, Peter. You know, we don't do that. This ain't what we're about. You know, you you have to have someone close enough to you that's going to speak into your into your weaknesses only to make them strong if you understand what i'm getting at mm-hmm. and that's what a good mentor is is looking to do is to help bring about the, those weaknesses because jesus knew all about peter's weakness so much so that when he uh, was resurrected the very first person he called upon was the person he said you're gonna deny me three times I know your weakness. I know this is going what it's going to do to you. It's going to cause you to almost just totally want to take your life, Peter. Mm-hmm. But when he got up out of the grave, he told that he said, hey, and go get Peter. Because he knew exactly that's what a good mentor is going to do when you fall, when you make them, when you feel that you didn't uh, speak the best message that you spoke. A good mentor is, is still going to say, hey, but it was good this, this, and this, and not just leave you out there hanging to dry, if you understand what I'm getting at, you know? So that's what, that's, that's the, that's the difference. That's the difference. That, and those are the benefits that you get from a good, good leader. And speaking about correction, mm-hmm. because the Proverbs 27 and 17 is iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. So one man sharpens another. And when you, when, when I read the Bible, I like the picture. 
I like to picture what's going on. Mm -hmm. And when I read that scripture, I pictured a sword being sharpened. Mm -hmm. And when a sword has been sharpened, there's going to be some sparks. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you know what that means, right? Dude, that's that's disagreement. <laughs> Yeah, that, that may be well. You, you're disagreeing with me, and I'm disagreeing with you. Okay, let's right. let's keep let's keep at this. <laughs> and that's not me walking away from you. You walking away from me. Let's keep at this. <laughs> Go ahead. And when those those sparks doesn't mean that something bad is going on. That means that it's as the iron as the sword has been sharpened. It's taking out the imperfections of the sword. Mm -hmm. So the, those disagreements, those sparks, it has to happen so you can be perfected. Exactly. Exactly. And, and yes, go ahead. I see my generation is, mostly in my generation, is we, we want to be perfect, so we want everyone to see us perfect, so we think we're perfect. And when we start, when people start to try to Correct us. We don't. We say, "Oh, I don't have any imperfections. I'm sharpened. Uh, I'm sharp enough." But the thing is, we have to go through the sparks. We have to get sharpened because the thing about it is, when a when a sword attacks anything, that 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 it gets dented. It gets chipped. So when we go through life, even though we may look good at one point. When we first get into ministry, we may look good. When we first get into anything, we, we may look new. But going through life, we're going to get some chips. We're going to get some dents. And we have to be sharpened to get those imperfections out. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and that is, that's that's a good analysis of how you brought that. Um, because even, you know, using that, that analysis of the sword, you know, when you go into battle, meaning those times that you don't have to war spiritually you don't have to you know fight spiritually you know sometimes that that sword as you stated get it gets damaged it get beat up which means that it has to be put back and be resharpened mm -hmm. and so that's that that's the that's the time where the the mentor may come in and say okay this is what needs to be done this is what this is what you fail to do at this particular time this is what you can now do to uh, avoid this, uh, because what I'm seeing um, um, in, in in the younger generation is that you're having a lot of knowledge, okay, mm -hmm. which is good. You've got a whole lot of knowledge, but you have little experience, and so experience now can bring to you what knowledge can't, mm -hmm. and so you need to, and you need both now. Remember when Peter and John went up to the temple together? You had the older Peter and the younger John. So you need both to merge together, to work together, but you need that experience of Peter to help bring that younger John up. So you, you need them working together. You need to be able to allow experience now to keep you from walking into some of those situations where you don't have to go through so that you don't have to learn. You see, you can, uh, uh, I, I, I believe that sometimes you can learn by not experiencing something. Mm -hmm. If an experienced person tells you about it, right. you, you, you know, 
you understand what I'm saying? I mean, sometimes, you know, just that experience is enough to give me the wisdom now to not go in that direction, even though you went through it. Now I don't have to go through it. But sometimes when you got knowledge, a person said, well, I already know. Okay. And then you have to go through the experience because you knew, but you didn't experience it. It makes sense. And with, with that, um, I, the, the, a mentor can't can't say, oh, because I went through it, you got to go through yeah. it. So yeah. A mentor has to, that's what a mentor has to protect. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that protection part. But then again, there are sometimes you have to let let them experience. You know, that's when again, that's when you you might have to uh, allow. Um, for example, I, I I use this example because uh, I, I'm an electrician by trade. Okay, mm-hmm. and electricity is something that you um, you don't take lightly. It, mm-hmm. it literally can take your life. Right. And so um, I have mentee or been able to train someone. And one of the things I know about electricity is, is that um, it's something that you can't see. It's something uh, oftentimes, you know, you can't smell it either, but you have to have the mindset that the potential is there. And so you, you may, want to allow a mentee to develop that mindset by allowing them to touch something that may be of a small voltage so that they can get it in their mind that this is something that's present that you can't see, taste, or smell. So that that experience now would then carry them on uh, with that understanding that when you start working with something that can now take your life, you know, to use the protection or go through the process of making sure that, okay, is this present or is this not present? If you understand what I'm getting at. And that's that's kind of like what a mentor does with a mentee is that there may be a time where you may have to allow an experience to help in that development pro- mm-hmm. process, yeah. Because yeah. I understand because Part of my job in the military was we, we dealt with a small portion mm-hmm. of electricity. I try to stay away from it as much as possible, <laughs> but uh, there was some there was some occasions we, we had to deal with it. But understand, and there was this occasion where when we was putting together this bomb, um, we always had to be grounded. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. Yeah, because you can create a spark. Yeah. <laughs> That's enough to call it, make it make it go off. But you know, um, you know, one of the benefits also of being a mentor is is not only helping develop that culture of learning, mm-hmm. but it's also to instill uh, and I, uh, value into that person or into that mentee, because sometimes you may get different uh, type of uh, of people or persons that, that you may be mentoring and they may have an anointing, but they may be an introvert, if you understand what I'm saying. And they may not be that outspoken kind of person, but they're anointed. 
you know, and so that development now have to shift, not only uh, knowing that the anointing is there, but also getting uh, uh, the, the development aspect of uh, helping that person come out and see themselves as being valuable. Uh, because sometimes if, if a person isn't, um, you know, feeling like, you know, they have value, but not knowing that the anointing upon their life, but yet they're lacking with the understanding that you're valuable in the kingdom of God. It has to be developed so that they can merge the two together and knowing that, okay, I have, God has given me value to be able to use his anointing to accomplish what he wants through me. And sometimes that, that takes some development uh, because you can get a, a, a person uh, that, that, could be highly anointed, but yet they may be an introvert and they need to be developed in, in, in a different type of way. And there's nothing wrong with, there's a lot of, there's nothing wrong with being an introvert. It's just that the development stage or process is different. Yeah, that's mental. So before we close, right? Um, do you have anything else to add about mentor, sonship? Could you repeat that? I'm sorry. Do you have anything else to add or? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I, I, I didn't uh, share, but but I want to make also, I think that there needs to be a distinction between uh, leaders and mentors. Mm. Um, I think we need to make that distinction. Again, I, I mentioned earlier that uh, mentors are, are typically focused in a private personal development. Mm -hmm. But when you think about leaders, they're more goal or, or objective focused. So they won't have that close personal type relationship as what a mentor may have. Mm -hmm. Leaders typically, typically are problem solvers. So they're coming in to solve a problem. You know, that's not to say a leader cannot be a mentor. They can, but it depends on what setting that, that particular leader in. If you're talking about a person that may be a leader in a particular business organization, then they're going to be different than a, a, a mentor who may be mentoring somebody on that job in that organization. You understand what I'm getting at? And so they're they're more um <clears throat> they're more concerned with the bottom line so to speak if you if you allow me to put it in that vernacular but but sometimes people tend to think that a leader should be a mentor in which they can be but it depends of the uh of the situation or the environment or the place that they're in uh the attitude um typically um they, they, their attitude is is a charged attitude. Let's go. Let's you know, um, and they're not too much focused upon your developing your skills or, or your strengths and your weaknesses. You know, they're looking mainly to, okay, let's let's see how we're gonna solve this problem. Let's see how we're gonna meet this goal or this objective. Um, but it, but in both cases, neither a mentor or a leader should be manipulators. Neither one of those should be manipulators. They both should uh, really uh, see to the very interests of um, 
people or persons, but um, the dynamic of how they function may, may differ. Now, as, as it relates to fathering, you know, in biblical, in terms of the church, then that's different. You know, you have spiritual leaders or, or who, who may take on the role of, of fathering uh, in, in ministry, and that's, that's different. So I just kind of wanted to throw that out there since we're, we're talking about it, because sometimes people tend to lump them both in the same uh, without really knowing that there is a distinction. And, um, and you have a lot of leaders who are great spiritual fathers, uh, and they understand that role and how that plays out as it relates to relationship. But yet at the same time, there are some who understand that okay, I got to meet this objective too. You know, I got to, we have to solve this problem too. So when a mentee or spiritual sons, however you want to look at it, they, they would understand that. They would, they would know that. They would, they would see that as part of my learning process. Okay. And We, we talked about it, but let, we, we're going to reiterate it as we close. Um, what what would you what would you say to someone who's looking for a mentor? Well, um, you know, again, um, if someone is is looking. Um, I want to use my own, <clears throat> excuse me, my own um, situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I never looked for a mentor when I started pastoring. I needed a spiritual father. Okay. okay? Again, the distinction. Um, and the process for me was I prayed and I didn't go looking, I believe God will send them to you. If you, if you get, and that's, that's what happened for me. I need it. I prayed and it was sent to me. Okay. Now that's different for someone who's looking to have their skills. Cause keep in mind, a, their skills develop if they're, if they're, looking for someone to develop their skills or or their themselves their weaknesses and strength now that's not to say that you can find a a mentor if you're in a setting of say like a a a job or or if you're part of an organization um and you're part of some organization those are mentors who you can find on, on, on the job. But a lot of times when people t- say that they're looking for a spiritual father, um, I kind of frown on that when they say they're looking for one. Mm-hmm. I, I, my thing is you pray and ask God to, s- he'll make the connection, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and, and it'll be a God thing opposed to just kind of looking because to me, that's almost like an orphan spirit. Um, but I don't want to go deep into that. I believe that God will, he'll, he'll provide for that. Now, that's different 
on an organization when you're on a job, but that's different. You can, you know, look for somebody who's going to train you and help develop you. But um, that's kind of where I'm at with that particular um, aspect of people saying that they're looking, you know, I, I want to make that. <laughs> yeah, I believe God, would, he, he did it for me, he'll do it for you. He'll do it for whoever acts, you know, because sometimes you can, people go in with the wrong motive and you want it to be built on, on, on the right relationship opposed to just, okay, I'm looking for somebody that I want to call, you know, my spiritual father or my, my mentor, you know, it depends on how you're looking at the relationship is, is what I'm getting at. Amen. Amen. That is our show from mentorship to sonship. Amen. The importance of a mentor, the importance of a mentee, and what it is to be a mentor and a mentee it is not to be taken lightly. It's not just something just to have the title or just to be in the position. It's about development is about maturing in Christ. Mm -hmm. So that's that's our show. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you learned something. Amen. This this isn't going to be the last about mentorship because God's giving me more and more revelation on this and trust and believe as apostle Perry said if if you're if if you need a mentor, if in this let's take out the organization, let's bring it to the spirit. God, if you ask God to send you a spiritual father, he will send you one. Or or he'll make the connection. Right. You know, you don't you don't have to go looking. You gotta make the connection. Cause cause uh I didn't even me personally, I didn't know I needed a spiritual father at the time. And he sent me to a place where I would connect with my spiritual father. And he sent me to a place where I can connect with my spiritual father. And I have learned a lot. I've grown and I've matured a lot. And it's great and I love it. So, Get close with God and he will connect you to the right person. So before we leave, Apostle Perry, can you pray us out? Uh, yes. Um, uh, can I just share one one thought before we close? Yes, one, one of the true signs of uh, a, a great mentor or spiritual father, you know, is that they're going to hold you accountable. And that's one of the foundations of knowing that you're being developed properly is they will hold you accountable. And because of that, um, that will help in that process of your development. So uh, I truly believe that we're at a time where many don't want that kind of relationship, accountability. But if you are looking to be mentor properly, then you're going to have to have accountability. Um, it's all part of it. All right. Well, Father, we thank you for this time by which you have allowed um, 
your heart to be expressed as it relates to that pattern of sonship and, and fathering. We thank you that you have placed it not only in your word, but you demonstrated it even while you were here and you did your ministry. We thank you that you allowed it to go down through the succession of even the apostles who also demonstrated it. But Lord, we know that we're living in a day and time where many are falling away. Many have taken upon themselves to not hold themselves um, in submission to not only your word, but even into submission of the honor that's associated with development. But we ask and pray, Father, that you will continue to allow those who are seeking your face, those who want real relationship, those who are looking to continue in carrying upon this message that you have given for us to carry into the four corners of the world. Take this gospel of the kingdom to all the nations, teach and make disciples of them is what you said. We ask and pray that you will continue in this process of development. And we pray that your anointing rest upon those who have ears to hear. This is what we ask in your precious son, Jesus name. Amen. Amen.